late. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Very, very top word, top line. We are going to learn uh, almost, it's almost exactly, what did you call it, David, a couple years ago? Uh, with Mayor Shapiro Blatt? It's very close. It's three or four words off. Starting at the first word and ending at the very last line of Tetzvav and Bebez, let's get started. We were in the middle of having highlighted the fact that there were eight Kohanim uh, who descended from Rachav Hazona, who at, uh, at some point did, uh, she was a Gioras, and then she married Yoshua, and they had children. So it says the Gemara, We know that there were a handful of these names, four of them, that were listed in Tanakh. Rashi highlights who they are, Yirmiya and Vechanamel, that's two. And on the next line, he says, Baruch Vesharia. Now, these were sons, uh, these were the sons. The fathers, however, the whole Pasuk of the eight so that was mentioned before, four of them were sons, four of them were fathers. So it says the Gemara, these are the four sons. Ella, how do we know that the fathers were Nevi'im also? That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara responds, Kid'ula. And the Gemara teaches us a couple of principles uh, as to how the text in Navi should work, work in order to teach us who's a Navi in regards to the older generation. If a son and his father's name is mentioned as it relates to, to Nevuah, Biyadua, it is then known Shu Navi Ben Navi that both generations are Navim. And if Shemovalo Shemavi, if it just says a person's name, let's say it says Hanamel's name, but not his father, then Shemovalo Shemavi Biyadua Shuhu Navi Velo Ben Navi. Then the father is not a Navi, only he's a Navi. Shemov Shem Ira Mufurash. If a person's name is listed and the city where he lives is mentioned, Biyadua Shuhume Osohair, then it can be understood that he was in fact born that lives in that city. Shemovalo Shem Ira. But if his name was listed in a vacuum of no location, Biyadua. That's a default. Is that if there's no city that's mentioned, then we can fairly assume <clears throat> that that person is from it lives in Yerushalayim. And similarly, first of the middle width lines, we have a brisa. Uh, whenever you have a father and a son whose actions contradict one another, and the, the Pasuk goes out of its way to say something complimentary about one of them. That you can assume, therefore, that uh, both generations are tzaddikim. When you see these different behaviors, father and son, however, the Pasuk goes out of his way to say something negative. This is the person who killed Gedalia ben Achikam. That was not a good thing. So there's a, that's, a, that's story number one for today. Story number two is that the Gemara um, senses that there's some type of overlap in names with Mordechai. Amar of Nachman, this uh, is Shita number one, which will get rejected, Malachi. We know that Chagai, Zachari, and Malachi were the remnants of the Yanchek Nasus Agdola. They were responsible in part for, uh, for formulating the Siddur as we have it, and some other tefillas as well. Um, and maybe Malachi is Mordechai. Says the Gemara, If his name is Mordechai, why did they call him Malachi? So he's kind of like a king, Shahe Mishana Lamelech. He was second in charge as it relates to the king. But the Gemara can't accept the fact that Mordechai is Malachi, because in the following source, Mordechai and Malachi are each listed as individual characters. What's the Mari Makom? The Brisa reads, Baruch ben Neria, Vesharia ben, ben, ben Masya, Daniel, U Mordechai, Balshan, Vechagai, Vezacharia, Vemalachi, Kula Nisnabu, Bishnas, Shtayim, Ladaryovish. So in year two of Daryovish, a lot of people had Nebuah. And here the Pasuk indicates clearly that both Malachi 
and Mordechai were listed separately. Tiyufta, that therefore rejects the assumption that Mordechai and Tiyufta were the same people. So then the Gemara continues with the second option, which seems to be embraced. And this is a very important historical fact, if this is in fact true. Says the Gemara, Tanya the Brisa writes, quarter of the way down, Malachi and Ezra are the same people, not Mordechai, but Malachi. Really, his name is Malachi. This is very rational because we have two sources that seem to align with one another, one in the name of Malachi and one in the name of Ezra, but it looks like they're doing the same actions. What does it say by Malachi? Malachi was indicating the fact that there were Jews who were not being appropriate. They were marrying out of the, out of the faith, Rahman al-Islam. This is a, an epidemic of the highest proportions today. This is what I see every single day. I was just sharing this with someone. You can go to a, a, a Jewish room, say your standard Bore Priyagafen with 100 people there, no one will say amen. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. And those are the Jews, <laughs> okay? That's not the going in the room. Pasha that they would not know. I wouldn't expect them to know. And maybe my expectations are off, but I, you would figure out of every 100 Jews, at least somebody should know how to say amen to a bracha. I, it's, it's awful. You stand there like, baruch, baruch, and dead silence. <laughs> the brain is, you're like, it's, a, it's, like, it's like hard to move on. It's hard to move on. It's, you have to, so what does the Pasuk say? That Bagda Yehuda, the people of Yehuda, they, they rebelled. The Soava Sabi Yisrael, Yerushalayim, and they did something uh, abominable. Ki chalal Yehuda, Kodesh Hashem, Asher Ahav Uba'al, Bas el Nechar. They were together with uh, those who were not Jewish. Uman Afish Nashem Nochrios. Who's the one who separated the men from the women? In this case, it was Ezra. So it seems to be that Malachi was the one who, who highlighted the problem. Ezra was the one who was the, the solution. So therefore, the Gemara's assumption is that they were one and the same. And the Gemara concludes on that note that Malachi and Ezra were the same exact person. Third the way down. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis have taught us some of this we've seen before, but not all of it. Arba Nashim Yefefios Hayiva Olam. There were four very, very beautiful women in the world. Sarah Va Abigail, Rachav Esther. Tosos on the spot does not like this at all. Kasha, top of the top Tosos on the page. Kasha, Amai Lo Chashiv Chava. What about Chava? The Lo Amrinan, don't we say Beperk Chazka Sabatim? That Sarah Bifne Chava, Sarah's beauty compared to Chava's is Kikof Bifne Adam. Wow. First of all, not complimentary to one. Second of all, very complimentary to the other. So why didn't Chava make the cut? So it says, Tosfos, V'yesh lamar, D'lo chashiv ela osan hanoldos me'isha. Oh, so uh, she wasn't born. She was uh, she was created, but she wasn't born. She was made from a rib. She's not uh, a naturally born person. So third of the way down, the Gemara quotes these four women. We learned this shita before, that Esther was not actually so beautiful. She had a greenish color of skin. Mapik Esther Ma'ail Vashti. So then we would remove Esther from the list and in their place we would put uh, Vashti. <clears throat> so those are the four most beautiful women minus Chava. Tan, uh, maybe five, right? Esther, if, uh, depending on her, which uh, Shita you hold on. Tan Rabban and the rabbi say, Rochav Bishma Zin. So just hearing Rochav's name could push someone towards Nus. Yael Bikola, she had a, a stunning voice. We know, of course, Kolbi Isha Erva from the Gemara that there's an Isra de Rabbanon to listen to a, uh, a woman sing. Okay, the Shiras Vesishbachos, there's Shailas and Postkin. What about these scenarios? Uh, if you're in a show and you know you're going to hear the women, okay, we can hear the women in our show when uh, in the middle of a song, you can hear a uh hum. You can't hear individual voices. So there's a famous chuva of this three day age of Trekala Lomishtame that when the voices are indistinguishable, so then we're not as concerned. 
uh, especially in our case, but where a mechitza is such that you can't see anybody. Um, I have asked this Shiloh that at some of the brises I do, some of these, uh, some of these, uh, ref, you know, reform synagogues or even conservative synagogues have women who are singing. So I asked the Shiloh, it's better I should sing with them under my breath. I was uh, asked this Shiloh for Bechaim Tversky, and he said, it's better you should sing with them because I wouldn't belt it out and make a chil Hashem and start like a duet, but, uh, but yeah, you should at least sing if they're singing, uh, you know, so that's not what they sing. They say, it's usually the go-to. Uh, so I'll just uh, give a little bass harmony, a little low bass harmony, you know. So anyways, that's Yal uh, Bakola. She had a beautiful voice. Avigal Bizchirasa, just the mentioning of her name was uh, was arousing. Michal Bashel Beriyasa, her physical beauty was exceptional. Anyone who says Rachav's name twice will become a Balkari. This doesn't have any impact on me. It's just a person's name. We don't relate to this idea. It's not something. So it says the Gemara, you wouldn't relate to it. That's when you know what she looks like, when you recognize her. So then the combination of features would create for, uh, for, for one to become a Balkari. Says the Gemara almost halfway down. And the pasuk uh, and the pasuk continues. Let me just find the rest of it so that we can uh, hear the whole hear the whole thing. The pasuk reads, "Mordechai yada es kol asher naasa." He heard everything that was happening. The pasuk reads, "Vayikra Mordechai es begadav." He tore his clothes. Vayilbash sakva efer, and he wore sackcloth and ash. Vayetzi besochayir, and he went out into the city. Vayiz akze akah gedola umar. He went out and screamed. Why the Gemara left this out, I don't know. The fact that it was screaming, because that's what my Omar means. What was the screaming? What was he saying? So Rav Omar, Gava Haman Me'achashverosh. Haman became greater than Achashverosh. Ushmuel Omar, Gavar Malka Ilah Mimalka Tata, that the upper world is now not as great as the lower world. So like, oh, this is actually written in a euphemistic fashion, where the higher worlds are greater than the lower worlds, but it doesn't mean that. It's just written, Belashen Sagi Nahor. It's written in a way to not be overly um, sharp, but it is in fact that the, the lower world seem to be Kaviachal ruling over the higher world. What does it mean when it says by Esther Batis Chalchal Hamalka? My Batis Chalchal, what does that mean? With all the news that she heard, her body changed gears and she uh, she menstruated. That she just had to go to the bathroom out of fear of everything that was happening. She said to Hasach, who was a messenger that she utilized to, to go back and forth between Mordechai. Rav Rav says, Hasach This is the day today. We're going to be combining uh, souls. So the Gemara says that Hasach was the name of So uh, two different possibilities. Why was he called Hasach? Number one was that in previous roles, he had a very, very big responsibility and in, in, within whatever framework he was in. But here they lowered his role to a regular messenger boy, the opposite, that he really was a, a viceroy of sorts, that he would be the one who was controlling uh, many of the decisions and many of the, uh, the, the, the activities that took place in the kingdom. She wanted to know what was going on. So this was actually a play on words. And she was giving a hint, a coded hint, I guess the Morse code of, of back in the day, which is a play on psukim. That's what Jews do, Jews who know Tanakh, which is not me. Uh, but what did she say? So she said to Mordechai, maybe the Yidin are not being good with learning. But she did it in a way where no one would really know what was going on. She said, 
Hasach, go find out from Mordechai what's going on. But really, she was referencing the, the luchos that were written, written on both sides. By Agidu and Mordechai, Esther, they told Mordechai what Esther said. But look at the Pasuk. Who, who were we talking about just before? We were talking about Hasach, one individual. And yet, who was the one who delivered the news? Vayagidu. And they told Mordechai. So what happened to Hasach? It wasn't Hasach who did it. Ala Kalkala. We it's not if you can avoid giving being the bearer of bad news, you should avoid being the bearer of bad news. So what did she say after she heard everything? Lech Knos is called Hayhudin Vigomer, and then there's going to be a fast for three days, and then Ada Sherlo Lo Kadas until the Pasik says that she's going to go to the king, even though it wasn't a normal time for her to go to the king. So Ama Rebi Abba Shalokedasaya, Shabihoyom Vayomad Aksha Bones, Vaksha Biratson. So the Gemara says over here that up until this point, every time that she uh, were to have visited him, it was Baonis. He had summoned her. She didn't have a choice under the circumstances. Uh, and now she is going on her own volition. And this had a very, very significant halachic implication. Even though the volition is just appearing to him in the royal court, in the royal you you're, you're standing on the nerve here. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, ad up until now, just to the right where we are, three-fourths of the way down, ad whenever I was intimate, she said, whenever she was intimate with Ahasher, it was bonus. Now, by my going into that room willingly, I'm showing him that I am complicit in, in, in the, any intimacy that is subsequent from this point forward. That's not so simple. Does that mean that... When, well, the whole thing is Shasad Chak. That, so I, that if you look in the bottom of the Masifta and, and you have 12, 15 minutes, you should read the whole Arichus. So many halachic distinctions. Why is it that she, we spoke about this briefly the other day. Why wasn't she Aser, Aser Labal, Aser Labo? Why wasn't she Aser to her husband the first time she slept? So one of the answers that the Ben Yoda writes is that she was, it was Shadim. Some of the other Mephorshim write that it's not Yaharag Bel Yavor if the Tash Meshamitas were the Goy, which is a huge Kula. I mean, like a huge Kula. If there's a rape of some kind, so that guy, it's okay. Just let let the woman. It's either get injured or not get injured. It's the same status of Isser. So let it be that she she gets violated. But then under those circumstances, she's not. It's not Isser Labal Isser Labal because he's a guy. So that's another possibility. Uh, one other option is that this is Kino Stira. At this point, she was the one actively walking into that room. No one else was there at that point. And then it's uh, you get into Sota area. She's by herself, alone with a man, and he has no Namanus. These are, these, are, these are not Stam Shilas. These are like really super complicated Shilas. And that's why the Pasuk says, I'm double losing. What is she losing? I started out without a family to start with. Now she loses her husband because moving forward, she and her husband can no longer be together. Huge discussion, discussion in the Mephorshim. Why didn't they get a halachic divorce? Tosa speaks about this. Why didn't that's they get a halachic divorce? What? That's why I asked the other day. So that's what Tosa says here. I hadn't seen it. Did you see it now? Yeah. So Tosa says the second Tosa is on the page. No problem. Get divorced. Anyways, you're Makaima Mitzvah Daraisa when you get divorced, but then get remarried afterwards. Just, just a provocative question. It's not meant to be anything other than mature. Nobody's suggesting that Esther went in there with using intimacy to try to get Akashverish. It doesn't it's certainly not the Pashas of the Gemara, that's for sure. I think she just needs a score. So, so you never, never visited, even though she's a she never visited just for tea. Right. 
well, he, she was never summoned just for right. tea, right? And now, and now that she, now that she was the one summoning, she understood what the what what the chess game was. But I, I'm saying that it may even be possible that maybe it was just a, the yichud alone was going that she was the one who initiated the the kino stira. She walked into that room by herself. I don't know. Yeah, these people are next yeah. level. This is not. Uh, this is not. I, Hashem should bless us. We should never be in this situation. This is not simple stuff. And how did she know? And she's in Avia. We saw yesterday she's in Avia. But how did she know, like, what to do and when? Like, every single episode is a Shiloh, like, every single one. So, some, like, I've heard people say, like, Karka Olam, you think Ahashvers was, was stupid? She didn't physically didn't move? Like, not zero? Like, that's not. There's no, that's not, that's not like, that's not possible. It's not possible that he chose her of all the women in the, of a investor. That's not possible. Like there has to be a Matthias. She had to be an active partner. So then, then well, what's Ones? Like, I, I don't know. It's very complicated. So that's what she meant. And then he fasted even on the first day of Pesach. Does it mean he didn't eat matzah? That's a mitzvah d'orais. But he was fasting because of what was going on. Did he not drink the dal kosos? Remember, this was Yud Gimel. So then on Yud Gimel, she said, So Yud Dalet Tesvav Tezayin. And Tezvav is, uh, Tezvav is Pesach. Ushmuel Amar, no, that language of Ayavor was of our Arkuma Demaya. He had to go over some bridge of water to inform the Jews. Uh, about these about the fasting. We saw this Gemara earlier. Why does it say that she she dressed herself in Malchus and left out the word big day Malchus? Big day Malchus mi boile. The Pasuk should have said that she was dressed in big day Malchus. So Amr Rabbi Lazar, Amr Ruach Kodesh, that she had dressed herself in Ruach Kodesh. And again, as we saw yesterday, and um, that she was then uh, cloaked in uh, in this very high level of Ruach HaKodesh. Then we move on because we saw that this was in the name of Rabbi Lazar and uh, Rabbi Lazar in the name of Rabbi Hanina with a number of quotes from Rabbi Lazar and the name of Rabbi Hanina. I'm Rabbi Lazar, I'm Rabbi Hanina Lo'olam, al tihi birchos hediot kala be'inecha. Never take a casual person's blessing lightly. Two regular Jews gave brachas to great people and their brachas took place. Who were the greats? David and Daniel. David, uh, he said something positive and it took place. The, the God that you serve with regularity. Who Yeshayz Vinech, he should save you. The flip side is also true. If someone says a casual curse to you, that's a problem. The whole story with Sarah Navi Melech is that she never disclosed that she was married because she didn't want to be, she didn't want her husband to be killed. So she didn't say anything. But at the end, this is going to be for you something damaging for the eyes. And this actually played out. Because Yitzchak ended up having a lack of vision and this was Sarah's child. So we see that the Birchaz Hedjur and Avi Melech was no righteous person, but the Birchaz Hedjur is significant. And another statement by him, Hashem is different than we are. When it comes to human being, when we want to make some spaghetti, first we take the pot and then we put the water in. But a Kodesh Baruch Hu is different. Up in the heavens, the droplets of waters 
of water are suspended in the heaven. He then puts the pot there, which is the clouds. And another statement by him last short line. Anyone who quotes something in the name of the person who actually said it, maybe Gula Olam. What is our text proof for this? The Gemara says it's Esther. Esther In regards to Big Son and Seresh, so the flow of events is that, and we'll see some more details on the next page, is that um, Mordechai found out, he told Esther, and Esther told, and Esther told uh, the right people to make sure that they were killed. Another statement by him, four lines from the bottom. Tzadik, Avad the Doro Avad. That when he's lost, he's lost for the whole generation. A person loses a pearl. As long as you know that you have the pearl, then the pearl is there. And it's only going to be lost to the masters. And this is a sophisticated mashal, which is meant to be much bigger than it seems about, uh, about losing atzadik. Uh, what did Haman mean that it wasn't all worthwhile for him? So this is easy. When he first saw Mordechai, so uh, so then uh, things got a little bit crazy. Not, nothing that I have is worth it for me, not all of my money. What does Rav Chizda say? In regards to Mordechai, he came from a very wealthy background. Take a look at Rashi, critical Rashi, and very informative, seven lines or so from the bottom. Mordechai bought a love, Betainus Osher. And Mordechai came from a place of wealth. Haman bought Betainus Oni. That Haman and Mordechai knew each other. They overlapped. And now uh, Haman is now this rich second in command, right? To the right-hand man of Ahasuerus. And this guy who he sold himself as a slave to for some bread uh, because he was starving is now sitting there. He couldn't handle it. So that's what it means when Rebchizda says that he was coming from a place of wealth. He came from a place of, uh, of destitution. That's what Rashi says on the top of Tesvav. Rashi says it's a language of being poor. The famous that's the Pasuk in Dvarim. And that's what the last word is booty um, from the word ha'avet. They used to refer to him as the slave that was sold with bread. It's not the most flattering of terms. The Gemara makes a diuk on the word ze. That's what it says. That Haman said the word that this. So the Gemara says, he, It was all etched in his heart. He knew exactly how much money he had. Some of Forsham say he probably had a ledger of some kind with him that indicated what all of his assets were. And he would hold it up in his hand and say, I'd rather have none of this, but get rid of that, get rid of that Jewish guy, Mordechai. That was when he would say it, when he would see him. Next, same uh, Amora, more comments. Hashem is going to be in an Atara for all of the righteous. This Pasuk is much longer. I'll read it on the side because, uh, because we, we're going to need it. Amora, more comments. 
Vagam, and uh, we'll get to the rest of the Pasuk later. So then the Gemara says, My la teres tzvi, back in the Gemara, eight, nine lines down, My la teres tzvi, ule tzviras tifara, says the Gemara, Osen sivyono, those who don't do the commandments of Hashem, ule metzapen tifarto, ule matzpen tifarto, those who await his glory to be revealed. Yachol lakol, maybe everyone will get this. No, only l'shar amo, l'misha mesim atzmo kishirayim. Only a person who makes themselves like shirayim, like the leftovers. If you've ever been to a chasidah shatish and me'asharim, Shiraim is, uh, you're not, you're not the Iker, you're the Tafel, you're not in the center of the circle, you're in the side of the circle. What does that part of the Pasuk mean? One who judges their Yetzer to know, kind of uh, dipsticking, they call it an education. Well, how is my Yetzer? Just kind of assessing what's going on. This is a person who's very honest in judgment. In regards to Gvur, a person who's in charge of their Yetzer Hara. That's what we were just doing, trying to figure out how did Esther manage to navigate all of this. That's uh, the Gemara says uh, based on the Pasuk. Um, so every year there's a certain amount of war. And the more that we in this room have a milchama about how to understand the Gemara, it lessens the amount of milchama that will happen in the world. So that's milcham tashaltar. That's how the, the people who are the B'nai Torah are able to minimize the amount of war in the world. I heard this from Rabbi Kohn in a sukkah probably 15 years ago. We were talking about this idea that the more learning that you do, in pilpul, in fighting, in the milcham tashaltar, the shem shemem, not to be right, but to just have clarity. That's hard. It's hard to fight for the right reasons, but to really just have clarity. What does this one letter in Chomish mean? No, I don't agree with you. I'm seeing Rashi says X, Tosu says Y, the Rush says still yet another approach. That Milcham Shel Torah minimizes the Milcham in the world. These are for the Tamil Chachamim who wake up early and who show up late at night, as we have right here. Last of the short lines. I'm going to meet The Midas Hadin, the entity of Midas Hadin. I don't know what that is, but the entity of Midas Hadin says to a Kaddish Baruch Hu as follows. How do you distinguish between these guys and those guys? Amar la, Kaddish Baruch Hu Hashem says, Yisrael asku b'Torah. Umos olam lo asku b'Torah. It's not even so true anymore. In South Korea, they learn Gemara as part of their curriculum. They, uh, they, they, it's not us. Ah, oh, that's, that's stark. That's stark. Yeah, they're learning Torah, maybe, in Pekoshi. That's they're a good... They're learning Torah. They're reading the word, but they're not learning right. Torah. They're in, they're in it for the logic, Shabbat, right. for the sophistication, right? Like what we are, what we do on a nightly basis, like as, as sophisticated adults, or a, supposedly sophisticated adults, they are, they're trying to do as children. You know, it's... Uh, that's it. It's, I mean, it's good, but you can also, for their purposes, you can also, you know, learn geometry and learn calculus and learn other things that are difficult. When I was in college, I took a, a course, uh, a logic course, which I found to be uh, so grating on my nerves when you compared the logic of this course to Gemara. It's just so unsophisticated compared to the network of learning one Tosfos of like this interconnected web of five sugyas with Tosfos was just perfectly stringing them all together in a way that this guy, like, it was, a, it was a, an unimpressive display. So that's what, the, that's what the Gemara says is the distinction between the Jews and the non-Jews. 
If that's true, it says me that they're going to get drunk on wine. They'll make mistakes with their beer. And Paku Pulilia. Let's analyze this Pasuk. In Paku El Gehenim, the word Paku is a reference to Gehenim Shinemar. And this is the Pasuk that was quoted from Avigail to David just yesterday. Remember that story where uh, where she, that her thigh ended up being revealed, the machlokas and the, the and the rishonim was was her thigh revealed because of like when she was dismounting from the chamor, her dress got caught. Or the gemara says, based on the context there, just a blot ago, that she was poresis nida, so she was actually down by the river cleaning herself, and it just she, she picked up her dress a little bit to clean herself off because they didn't have ways to their ways to clean themselves. Fine, and then whatever the case may be, she quoted this pasuk. Once his yitzhar had peaked, he said, "I'm interested," and she said, "No, thank you," and quoted. This pasuk, says, oh, this is, these are things that these people are going to be judged in court. Okay, so now she's walking. The story continues. She's walking. She wasn't invited. And now she's going to meet with Ahasuerus uh, halfway down. She's on her way, walking through the hallways. Once she got to the room in which there were a bunch of idols, she lost her capacity to have nevuah, which makes sense, I guess. I mean, if there's a formal proper avodah then it makes sense that, you know, Kodesh Baruch Hu could say he and I can't be in the same room. Like that's Parshan, just says to power, say, see, here. Right, right, right. That's too perfect. It's too perfect. Says the Gemara, Amra, she said, where did you go? Why did you leave me? So maybe you're misreading my scenario that my my shogeg you're treating like a mazid or even even more likely my ones my forced hand you're treating like ratzon to the point that you're removing your shechina from me. It's a steer from before. What's this? Oh, it's a steer from well. Uh, <laughs> it's a steer from before. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Shema atadon al shogeg kemezid. Yeah, Unless this. Like what? Unless she's talking about the text. Well, she was about to walk she's into. About to, but maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's true, Danny. He's saying that it hasn't happened yet. So until until it's happened, she hasn't walked into that room yet. So then she's not yet. Where's Rashi? Where's Rashi? boy, love me Oh yeah, yeah. So it's exactly like Danny's asking, except for that. Good question, Danny. I don't know. Um, Oshema, or perhaps two lines into the very wide lines, Al Shekrasi Kelev, that I mistreated him by calling him a Kelev. I don't know. I think that's not a reason to lose Nabua. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like these, these P. Yeah, it's not, it's not amazing. And of all the people on planet Earth, she's the one who can be disparaging about him. So therefore, she then changed uh, her reference from calling him a caliph to calling him an Arya, to calling him a lion. Okay, fine. Story continues. She finally sees him. Miracles upon miracles upon miracles, levels of hashkacha that are hard to fathom. Three malachi asharis show up. One picks up her head. The other um, brings about this that he is intrigued by seeing her. You I mean like what is her emotional state right now? You know, like but this is not exactly the most presentable emotional frame. And the last one stretched out the sharvet, the, the scepter that he had in order for her to touch it. How much did the scepter uh was it matach? So Amar Rabirum Yeshte Amos Haya, only two Amos, 
Al some say twelve. some say sixteen amos. By the way, just for some math purposes, sixteen amos is is like twenty-four to thirty feet. So it's not very easy to hold that scepter. But even more, 24 amos. How big was this room? This place was huge. If it's a 60-foot scepter, it's a 90-foot room. It's very, very large. Same exact thing with the hand of Basparo that it, that it stretched over there as well. And that's all, it's all aligning. The story by uh, the story by Og so the Mephorshim point out over here, Shine Rishayim, why didn't it say Shane Resha? So then we have two extra Yuds and the Mem. Mem Yud Yud is 60. So that's how we got to 60. That's what some of the Mephorshim point out. That you made great, that you enlarged the teeth up. Rabba Bar Ofran. What did you tell me about this name last night, David? Ofran. Because you told me not... It's Because you told me not to tell Hillel Ephron. This, I have to show him Tosos now. That's what the Gemara says. Rabba bar Ofran, Amr Mishum Rebbe She Shoma me Rabo Virabo me Rabo. He heard as a Masora from his rabbi, and his rabbi is from his rabbi, Masayim, that really it was 200, uh, 200 Amos of an increase on the scepter. Yeah. So we would have thought that that was a very giving language, but why was it only Ad Malchus? It's like when you own. Uh, 40, 49% of a company or 51% of a company. He was not willing to give up his, his share. He wouldn't give up uh, 50, 51% of the Malchus or anything that was what is it that he would never allow? Okay, fine. So then all of this is followed by the party. This is all part of the ruse. And we'll see at the bottom of the page today, before we conclude the magic that took place with this one uh, card invite of inviting Haman to the party. So there, we're now going to see 12 shitas as to, very quick, not long, 12 shitas as to why she invited Haman. Rabbi Lazar Omer, pachim tamnalo, she had uh, planned a trap for him. The table before you is a trap. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, something that she learned in her in her childhood. That if your enemy is hungry, you should feed him bread. So that's why he was invited. We don't want him to not be there and feel bad that he's not there and then start asking Eitz about how to hurt the Jews. He was afraid. She was afraid that maybe by not inviting him, that he'd make a diuk that uh, there's a reason she's hiding something. Maybe she's a Jew. Uh, so that the Jewish people wouldn't make an error to say, Maybe we have the inside scoop, and because we have someone on the inside, we don't need to try so hard. Where everything is uh, everything is taken care of. Esther's got it. Um, so, and then they wouldn't daven as much. So she didn't want that to happen either. She wanted to always be around Haman so that she could find his flaws. And then remember the story, he fell on her bed. So, so then she wanted him to be there all the time, more likely for him to make a mistake. Maybe a Kodesh Baruch Hu will do a miracle for me while, while Haman's in the room. Maybe I'll interact with him in a way where someone will think that maybe he and I are a thing and that one of us will get killed. And Rashi takes this to the next level. Rashi, inner margin, top of the inner margin, third line, 
Mimenu Viharog es Shnenu. We'll both get killed. And then Rashi in the brackets clarifies what the value was of that. If there is a Gzera that was made, and one person who was the subject of the Gzera was killed, but Lahagzera. That's a brilliant plan, very, very much self sacrificing. So she um, interacted with him in a way that left enough room for a hint to be made. Rabban Gamliel Omer. Uh, yeah, I just felt uncomfortable saying those words about Esther, but uh, <laughs> those were the words that crossed my mind. Rabban Gamliel Omer, I, I, I also don't think it was so explicit. I mean, they would, he, she would have been killed on the spot. Yeah, you just have to, it, it was subtle. It wasn't, uh, well, you know, Rabban Gamliel Omer, he was a king that was very, his, his brain flipped very quickly, changed his mind all the time. and it, it, A flip-flopper? Yeah. I don't know if that's a phrase. And flip flops are not flip flops anymore. They're, they're slides. It's a whole new, a whole new lush. What? Waffling. Yeah, waffling. So he was in hafach v'chan. He was indecisive, and uh, she wanted to. If she if she got what she wanted, that Haman made this egregious error that she was hoping he would make, and she got Achashverosh to agree to kill him, he would do it on the spot. We still need the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. Hamodoi Detanya, the Brisa writes 20 lines from the bottom, Rabbi Eliezer Hamodoi Omer, Kinaso Bemelech, Kinaso Bisarim. Just bringing him along, bringing, bringing Haman along will generate a certain amount of jealousy. Rabba Omar, Lifnei Shever Geon. There's going to be Lifnei Shever Geon. There's going to be greatness before destruction. So bringing him is the greatness, soon to be followed by destruct, destruction. And the last reason to answer number 12 is Abai Varova Damritar Bayu. Uh, that uh, will prepare the feast. Uh, and uh, at this feast, uh, this was similar to what happened with Balshatzer, that he drank a lot and he ended up dying. Uh, so too, she was hoping the same over here. Now, at the end of this, uh, all of these names, Ashkechei Rabba Baravu He saw, Rabba Baravu saw Eliyo and Navi. And he says to him, Like whom of the previous 12 shitas did Esther actually do? So, of course, she's a Nevi'ah. She had all of these things in mind. Next passage. So what does it mean? How many children did he have? He had 30 children. 10 of them were the ones that were killed on the, on the tree. Sorry, 10 died. 10 hanged. 10 of them were so poor, they ended up going door to door collecting. No, it wasn't. He had a lot of kids. Um, and there were 70 of them who went, were going door to door. My father was Haman. He tried to keep you guys uh, safe from the Jews. Please give me some money. How do we know it's 70? Because it says, Okay, good. So he had a lot of kids. It was actually more. It was Masayim Ushmona, 208. Rov is Gematria 2. Uh, 208, but the Gemara says that's not true because it's Virov. The Vav, it should be 214. Virov, you did the math wrong. Without a Vav. It's missing a Vav, it's not 214, it's 208. I'm just saying, like, that's a lot of children. <laughs> like, my tuition bill this year was in the $90,000 range. So, what they, I hope their property taxes went, went, went a long way. That's a lot of money. All right, then we get into some of the serious hashkacha of the evening, and this is a real backdrop story to the basic reading of the Megillah, because uh, if, without having learned this, it really 
we're, we're just missing so much of the story. That night the king was going to sleep. Machlokas as to who the Melech is in this case. We're talking about Hashem, not Hashverosh. Both upstairs and down here. Uh, to put them in the same pasuk that they were both not to do, they were not sleeping. He got something stuck in his head. This happens to all of us sometimes. You're about to fall asleep and you think about something that stresses you out and you go straight into the rabbit hole of anxiety. And that's what happened here. Why did she? That's strange. Why did she? Why did she invite Haman? Haman didn't need to be there. Does she like Haman? Maybe they're planning something that I'm going to end up getting killed. And then he's like, well, if that's the case, if that is true that they're going to kill me, there was no one who was going to have mercy on me. They should inform me. And then the next level of the rabbit hole was maybe there was someone who did something good by me and I and I never repaid them. Uh, and that, therefore, they're holding back. And that's why they didn't tell me about it and whose name did he find me now that's the whole backstory it wasn't stami asked for the book the anxiety of what caused him to not sleep forced him to go find that book and then uh that the book would read itself and we know the rest of the story which we'll discuss another time we're going to stop right here but now you see the backstory of why he wasn't falling asleep was all because she invited haman and all the 12 reasons and it got under the skin and into the psyche of she couldn't fall asleep. He opens the book and we'll pick up the story tomorrow. Wishing you all a beautiful night. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat>